1: Our DSW Holiday Pros are here to help you find the perfect shoes for you and gifts for everyone on your list. Want it in two hours? Buy online and pick up in store. Even faster? Send a gift card. Head to dsw.com to shop season-making gifts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. Bachelor Nation is a mess. God bless this mess, in the words of Hannah Brown. We are going to break it all down. Um, I am going to navigate you guys through this Zach and Taysha breakup, this Katie-John-Hersey Blake Moyne's situation. Um, We're going to talk about Michelle's episode last night. Now we're at the final four. When the hell did that happen? And you're even going to hear from Michelle herself, our bachelorette. I know there's so much good stuff happening are not good. That's a bad way. We'll keep with mess. We'll stick with Katie started this 12 days of messiness. Hannah Brown's book is God bless this mess. Things are a mess. So we'll keep it with mess. I don't want to take too much joy in people's pain. Um, so I will navigate you through the mess and I know it's easy to focus on that, but there is still a season of the show going on. Um, whether people are watching it or not, I don't know, but Michelle is great as always. And I got to catch up with her. She was awesome. Um, the interview was recorded last week before the most recent episode. So you'll hear me ask about a few things that maybe she She's teasing, but I think it's almost interesting to hear back what she says based on what she saw. Um, I asked about Nate getting involved in drama based on that Clayton promo, you guys, um, of him saying, you know, you're an actor, or whether that was them talking about somebody else, maybe, but they made it seem like Clayton was accusing Nate of being an actor in that promo that they aired about a thousand times. We didn't see that last night, and we said goodbye to Clayton. So you'll we'll hear her answer about that, which is interesting now knowing how the edit played out. Um, she does talk about Clayton. We talk about Nate. We talk about Joe. We talk about Martin, what a disaster he is, Um, her students, her plans for the future, the ending, a lot of good stuff in there. So you'll hear from Michelle herself at the end, and I'm going to talk about the episode a little bit, but we have to start with all this breaking news. Like I said, God bless this mess. Hannah Brown's book is out now, and you will hear from Hannah on Friday's episode, A Fear for the Right Reasons. I have a long interview with her, and I'm going to talk about some of the revelations that came out in the book. Um, there is a full breakdown of both Bachelor Revelations and just general Hannah Brown life revelations. Um, Two different stories on usmagazine.com right now and clips of the interview on YouTube. So if you're here for Hannah Brown, hold out for Friday or head over to usmagazine.com or our YouTube channel right now because we've talked about some other news. Zach and Tasha, no more. RIP, Zach and Tasha. Now, speculation about Zach and Tasha started. Well, there was speculation a while ago, like months ago, and it it was kind of documented. I might have talked about it on the show when there was messy stuff with maybe his mom and following her and, you know, some cryptic quotes here and there, and they weren't seen together much while she was filming uh, Katie's season. Um, and then they definitely were back on solid ground on a good page back together, um, I think, but still not wedding planning. And what's interesting with these bachelor couples, I guess Jojo and Jordan are the exception so far, is if they don't get married soon after the show or at least start wedding planning after, I'm not talking paradise either because they're kind of in a different world, the paradise couples. Usually things don't go so well. A lot of the couples that you've seen make it down the aisle, get down the aisle pretty quick. Um, And I think it just goes to show that they're committed to to the thing. And um, the relationship and the engagements, they, there've been broken engagements on the show for forever. I'm not saying that that's changed, but when you look at like, I know Ashley and JP are now divorced, but you look at an Ashley and JP, or you look at a, a Chris and Des, a Sean and Catherine, um, even Rachel and Brian, they all got married pretty quickly. And at least we're wedding planning pretty quickly after their season. Um, I think that just goes to show them taking the engagement part seriously. I think a lot of times now, and sometimes in the past too, the engagement feels like a way of saying, okay, we're going to be together, but not actually get married. Like that's the commitment to the show that they're going to date outside the show. But it really is an engagement, which is why I think people, which when we get into Katie and Blake, we'll have a whole other thing to say about that. Um, but people were really rooting for Zach and Tasha I think they were one of the more beloved duos that have come out of the franchise in the last couple of years because the leads have been kind of controversial. We had... Colton's mess. We had Peter's mess. We had Hannah Brown's mess um, and non-traditional endings. We had Clarence Dale doing God knows what they were really doing. Um, and then you had Zach and Tasha that kind of felt like the light at the end of the tunnel for Bachelor Nation of the, the seasons before that. You know, I always enjoy maybe a messy ending, not rooting for people to be heartbroken, but I kind of, kind of like mess, but I like love too. And I thought that that was a good balance to bring in Zach and Tasha and have them have a solid, ending. So we thought, um, but they have called it quits. They were together for a little over a year. If we're going based on, you know, when the show filmed, I believe Tayshia wrapped at the end of August, 2020, maybe early September. And they just broke up earlier this month in November. So people are confused about the timeline just because of when the show airs and how it aired in December. So people are saying less than a year. That's not true. They were together for more than a year, but also the New York marathon of it all. If you follow Zach and Tasha on Instagram, you know that they ran the marathon together, which was November 7th. Um, they both posted oh, afterwards about the marathon. Zach's post was very lovey about Tasha. Taisha gave Zach a shout-out, but it was a little bit more like about the race. Um, then she was hospitalized, um, feeling some pains. She thought maybe she had kidney stones or appendicitis. It was something to do with her kidney. Um, and she got some medication and she ended up going home. And when she was recovering, people noticed that she didn't post about Zach with the recovery, which, you know, that could mean anything. Um, and also that maybe when she was back home posting from her Instagram, it wasn't his apartment in New York, some people thought. Then we fast forward a couple of days. Tasha's back out and about. She's at the House of Gucci premiere, I believe on November 16th in New York. No ring. She's liking cryptic Instagram posts about being with the wrong person. She posted a tweet about trusting the process and she recorded a few episodes of Bachelor Happy Hour without her ring on too because they do the video of that. And... Listen, you know what? It wasn't a shock then when it, the Life & Style report came out um, the Friday be- last Friday about how they were on a break. We were still trying to confirm it. Um, it seemed like a classic case of these signs were dropped and people picked up on it. And then we knew that there was trouble in paradise, but they weren't ready to confirm it either because it's so fresh or because they were still maybe trying to figure it out. We usually find out the timeline stuff later on when there's been some time and they do an interview and they talk about when exactly they broke up or when the signs started Um, there's a lot of speculation that they were fighting at the marathon. There was some posts, I think on bachelor nation scoop about it. Maybe Dumois. I don't know if that's true. I haven't confirmed that, so I can't speak to it too much, but there were people saying maybe Zach was pushing a little too hard. I don't think that that's necessarily fair for us to say or assume we know what was going on between this running relationship. Um, maybe that was the plan, like push me hard. I'll push you or that's how they work out together. I don't know. Um, I think it just comes down to that. They're very different people. Everything we heard is that there is a lot of love there. Um, you'll notice the way that they're handling this breakup is quite different from the way this Katie and Blake thing is starting to play out, in that they haven't said anything. We haven't gotten a statement besides Z- Taysha Adams and Zach Clark are no longer a couple. That was the official statement from Taysha's rep as the speculation continued. What I will say about the speculation is if they are upset that it got out there and they weren't ready I sympathize with that but at the same time like you you can't be going to movie premieres lady gaga's freaking movie premiere without your engagement ring on I'm sorry like you're, you're not asking for it, but you're, you're dropping too many hints for people not to pick up on it. And if you want to hide it, you got to keep the ring on. You got to stop liking cryptic Instagram posts. This is 2021. We're reading between the signs, the lines, even when we're not, we shouldn't be, and there's nothing wrong. So you can't drop those hints. I'm sorry. You can't. Um, that's why I think this got out there the way it did. Um, and I really do think they are just very different. I think they have been different and i not saying that I knew it was never going to work, but I always did get a vibe that, you know, Tayshia is very social. She goes out a lot. She's the host of The Bachelorette. She's very much still on television. She's in commercials. She's on magazine covers. She's got a very active Instagram life. And Zach has much more settled back into... He definitely uses his Instagram and he promotes um, his recovery center. And he, I'm sure is, I've done interviews with him. He does ads. He does sponsorship deals. But um, he seems to be a little more low key. Tasha seems to be a little more social butterfly putting herself out there. We did hear from one source that that was a source of uh, contention between them. They fought about it and where their priorities were. I think he was ready to maybe get married and she was she's a little younger, she's they've both been married before, but he's older and I think she you know, was was more taking advantage of these opportunities. I'm not saying that one of them is right or wrong. I think these are just facts of life. They're very different, um, but we have heard that there is a lot of love between those two, and I think that that might be reflected so far in how they've they've acted on social. Um, one source told us they eventually realized it wasn't going to work, and their relationship ran its course. They never started wedding planning. Zach is very into his release recovery foundation, and Tisha has her own thing going on with her schedule. They've been spending a lot of time apart. She's attending a lot of events without him, which is frustrating. This is going to be a hard breakup for both of them. So I think that that's also, you know, within the schedule stuff, Tasha was gone for a lot of 2021 filming Katie's season and filming Michelle's season. And then this fall in New York, they were together more so than I think they had been since they got engaged. And that's the make it or break it. It's like they're going to, you know realize that they had missed each other so much this whole time and they were going to make it work. They were going to start wedding planning. They were going to start planning a future or they were going to implode and realize that maybe they only lasted so long because of the distance. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean? Like they, they were used to that kind of relationship. And then when they were on top of each other in a New York city apartment, that'll test you. It's kind of like quarantine. Why everybody broke up in quarantine, but that's a sad one. Maybe there's a chance they'll get back together. Who knows? Um, I haven't heard anything about that. I think we'll see them maybe spend the holidays apart reevaluate in 2022, but um, the fact that they haven't shaded each other, blasted each other, even confirmed it without their, you know, just a representative, um, I think speaks volumes to how much they did love each other and respect each other, which is a lovely transition into Katie Thurston, you guys. Okay. I'm going to do my best to just give you facts, at least at first with this Katie and Blake situation, because I, you know, disclaimer, I don't know these people, very well. Um, I've met them, obviously, not very long, quick interviews. They've all been nothing but nice to me. I have no horrible horror stories about any of them. I've interviewed Blake a few times actually, back when he was on Taysha and Katie's season, uh, Taysha and Claire's season. Um, nice guy, you know, but it's just, it's interesting to see how all this is unfolded. So I'll just give you the facts. Katie Thurston, our season 17 bachelorette, as you all know, got engaged to Blake Boynes. Um, that happened in May, uh, April of 2021. If we're talking, not when it aired of when it filmed. So they were together from April, 2021 until October, 2021. So about six is six ish six-ish months. Um, they were engaged and their breakup. It, you know, it, it wasn't really necessarily a shock to a lot of people, I think, maybe compared to a Zach and Tayshia, because people knew that their struggle was going to be that Blake lives in Africa and Canada. Like He works in Africa a lot and he lives in Canada. And Katie, during her season, moved to San Diego, which we'll get into, from Washington. And I think that you know, the distance stuff, they tried to downplay it in interviews that on the show, on After the Final Rose, in the interview they did on this show, they were going to figure it out. They were, you know, they were they were determined that they were going to figure it out at their own pace, whatever. I think a lot of people knew that maybe it wasn't going to work out. Um, Katie did that interview with Us Weekly at the Whitney Cummings show like two days before they announced their split. Um, basically admitted they were winging it, did not seem super concerned about how she was going to figure out this long distance relationship thing. It was kind of written in the stars. They spent the entire month of October separated. And now based on everything that's come out, um, which I'll get into more of Blake on the Talking It Out with Mike Johnson and Brian Abisolo podcast in a second. But one thing he did say on that episode is they broke up over the phone, which I thought was interesting. And kind of how when they were in New York in September, like it was – Clearly things were not going how they wanted to. Their communication was breaking down. They have different love languages. They just like weren't compatible and saying that they were both trying to make sacrifices and change who they were for each other in a way that wasn't healthy. Like they, it was just things that were fundamentally, they couldn't change. Um, It would have been someone completely changing themselves. So that's all well and good. Like they clearly, Katie and Blake are not meant to be together and that's fine. I, I think we can all agree on that. But where this gets messy is... Katie is now dating. And if you missed it, um, John from her season, he was eliminated week two. So Katie sent home. He was bartender from San Diego. She reposted the clip of his limo entrance. She clearly liked him. They had, you know, a little bit of a flirty thing. She's like, oh, he's my type. But she sent him home week two. Like long story short, it wasn't even like this isn't a Katie Flanagan. Kelly Flanagan met before the show. They felt like producers kind of got involved and made it didn't want her to end up with him because it wouldn't have looked good for the show or whatever they've kind of implied date for 10 months afterwards um still realize they're not meant to be together and have to overcome that you know fifth place like awkwardness that was that's definitely a thing that katie uh that peter and kelly had and something people you know poked fun at or would bring up or anytime they wrote about it or talked about it kelly you came in fifth place this is week two so this would be like if frickin' Becca Kufrin started dating grocery store Joe. Not in Paradise, but like in real life. It's crazy. So John was sent home week two, but he lives in San Diego, and Katie moved to San Diego over the summer. Now, it's funny because if you go back and listen to my interview with Stephen Lovegrove, who is friends with Katie and then now friends with John also through Katie, um, I talked to him in, when Paradise was airing, and there was that big drama with Alana and Chris and Jasenia because that san diego trip that went down in may which was right after katie seasons wrapped they were all there and they actually ran into john he wasn't like part of the trip but they saw him when he was surfing on the beach and then they saw him at this bar that he worked at which was how the speculation came out during the season oh what if katie's with john she's been at his beach like what if that's the big plot twist because she kept teasing her ending it never happened before in reality it was just that she ended up with someone briefly but ended up got engaged to someone who joined the cast late. But if you go back and listen to that interview, it's really interesting to hear um, him talk about John and how, hear Steven talk about John and how like that friendship all came to be. Cause now obviously everyone's like reading into everything with Katie and John because they're now dating and just a little timeline stuff for you. So over the summer they became good friends because Katie moved to San Diego. She didn't know anyone in San Diego. Um, I think she knew Steven. um, And, other than that, I think she kind of made friends and had such a great time in San Diego during that like two weeks she was there in in May that sparked all that paradise drama um, that she moved there and like uprooted her life. And I think that that is going to come full circle into how she's been handling everything. The fact that she lives in a new city by herself and she is no longer the Bachelorette and you, know, you go from getting all this attention and being on TV. We'll get into that in a second, um, but just strictly timeline stuff over the summer i think she saw john a few times they became they were friendly but their relationship and their their friendship really became close this fall because you saw john one he defended her when all the greg stuff happened and when the finale was airing so he clearly you know was always had katie's back in that sense and then in september she would post instagrams with him In September, she was also on Whitney Cummings podcast and was asked about Blake and, you know, things she loves about Blake. And she was saying that one thing that she really liked about Blake was that he doesn't get jealous. So this is a quote from Katie at the end of September. She brought up John. She says, he's not intimidated by anything. This is about Blake. I'm actually really close friends with John Hearcy, which is a week two guy for my season, which I think most men would be like, well, that's kind of weird. But Blake's just like, do your thing, whatever so interesting that because Blake and Katie and John had hung out. Um, Fast forward to the end of October. Like I said, they announced that they have called it quits um, in a, you know, generic joint statement, respect our privacy. We now know that it was emotional. They were on the phone, but they just were just never going to work. Now, early November, there's this social media speculation that starts about John and Katie because she shared a picture of flowers she received. This was like a week after Katie and Blake announced their breakup. And these flowers with a note that said, these are not romantic flowers. These are happy flowers because I do not want you to be. I want you to be happy. Everyone was like, oh, is that John? Is that John? Kind of trying to figure it out. No one really knows. I assume it was him now that we know now. A few days later, she posted like a throwback video on November 7th. So while Zach and Tasha are running the marathon, allegedly fighting, we've got Katie posting. A video of the first time she met Sal John since filming, it was a throwback. People were like, Oh my god, is she dating John? She posted this this cryptic note, she posted this throwback. Katie kind of tried to make people think that they were in the going the wrong direction because she posted another picture with John, a Polaroid, and wrote, Y'all are getting wild in my dm So now looking back, I don't know if Katie was like testing the water here of how people were gonna respond. Are people gonna ship her and John? Because it's very quick. Um, or if this was innocent. I I don't know. That's it's interesting now, like hindsight's 2020. And then a few days after that, Katie began this 12 Days of Messy, which I talked about with the She's All Badge podcast. Um, you know, it's been something that's been getting a lot of headlines and it was sort of linked to Taylor Swift re-releasing Red and someone challenged Katie, whoever this is, you know, I mean, look what she did. Just kidding. <laughs> it's Katie's fault. To um, challenge her to give her exes a song. Our DSW Holiday Pros are here to help you find the perfect season-making shoes for you and gifts for everyone on your list. Whether it's cozy Ugg slippers for your mom, wear everywhere Adidas sneakers for the kids, or must-have Sorel boots just for you, DSW has gifts for everyone in every budget. Want it ASAP? Buy online and pick up in the store in just two hours. Can't make it to the store? You can't go wrong with an e-gift card. However you're gifting this year, DSW's got you covered. Head to DSW to see our picks for making their season bright. Now, at the time, like I said on the show before, this seemed like a weird idea. It seemed like you were inviting attention and mess. You hadn't been broken up with Blake for that long. It it, it just, to me, felt messy, which it was. And that's fine. Own your mess, whatever. Whatever. It's a little early, you know you're gonna get the attention. She kicks it off with "We Are Never Ever" and getting back together with Blake, a total diss. Like, I'm sorry, it is what it is. You can say she's poking fun, she's being funny. I think it's shady. I don't think it's very nice. Blake still followed her at this point. Like, I'm sure people were sending it to him nonstop, even if he didn't. Like, it's just a little messy. I didn't, I didn't love the move. Then she goes through the rest of the season. the Guys on our season, people were thinking. Some people were thinking this John thing was gonna happen. I thought you were all crazy. I apologized to everyone in my DMs. So I told it was wrong. Some a lot of people were thinking the last day would be Greg. We were gonna get maybe an all well um something else shady because you know she doesn't really like greg whatever it was it was interesting she was stirring the pot for sure and she was doing it on purpose and looking back now i think the whole 12 days of messy thing was to announce this this john relationship you don't i mean what could have changed from the day she started this 12 days ago to then now she's going to end it with begin again about john and have this whole like video montage set together Like, I think she was testing the waters at the beginning of the month, posting stuff about him, seeing if people were, like, shipping her, like, what are you doing? Why are you hanging out with him? Because they were friends, and so she could still, like, kind of test the water and just say they were friends and see what was going on between them, and then do this messy thing and end it and have it be like, oh, look at this happy ending, my season, people love Taylor Swift, begin again, love stories, yada, yada, yada. But what Katie, I don't think, realizes is this isn't helping anyone, okay? Because, listen, first of all, the video she posted of John and her set to begin again. They're on a plane. Blake is on the freaking plane, you guys. This is footage of when the three of them hung out together in September. So Blake is on the plane. She like cut Blake out of the plane video. Then she's got a clip from their season, which is like almost like laughable since she sent him home week two. And like a clip of him like serving her a drink at a bar. Um, And then John has now posted this TikTok of them like being cutesy, which oh, we'll get into in a second. I, I really can't. But she posts this. And we know now from Blake's appearance on the Talking It Out podcast that he did not know she was going to do this. She did not give him a heads up, not saying she necessarily owes him one, but I think it would have been a, the nicer thing to do, give him a chance to maybe disable his Instagram for a day or delete it off his phone or be prepared that he was going to be on the, in the car and get bombarded with messages from people. I don't know, just saying. But to go back to the point, it's just not helping anyone. Like, who is this for? Katie is now opening herself up to so much criticism including the the one I'm giving her right now, which it's like, it's the same thing with Zach and Tasha. Like if you don't want people to know you're broken up, then like you have to, if you're in the public eye, like you have to kind of sell it for a minute. You can't ditch the ring and then get upset that people find out you break up. You can't introduce this new relationship and then get upset when people judge you for it, when you introduced it in a way called 12 days of messiness, where you shaded everyone you knew. And then I'm not saying is going to get mad. I'm just saying in theory, like this is about to get even messier because of how Blake responded and everything. So it's just, it's wild to me that it's just not going to help anyone. It's also not going to help a relationship with John, by the way, to, to go from being friends to start dating And now asking everyone or giving everyone permission to follow both of you and question all your moves and do what you were just doing, what you were getting offended with Blake, clapping back on Instagram of people being like, you're never with Blake. This is fake, whatever. She was crying on Instagram a month ago about people questioning the legitimacy of her relationship with Blake. And now she's going to give them another relationship to judge and critique. People knew Katie and John were friends. If they just acted normal, they could have totally explored this and announced it in a few months from now. People probably would have been on board. Maybe they're not even going to work out and this whole thing is going to be for nothing Like this is not helping anyone. I really don't think it is and it's also not helping blake I think it's just respectful on blake's the podcast appearance. He did He had recorded this with mike and brian a week ago about how he'd been doing since the breakup He'd been on that show before I guess, you know, to talking about whatever and he was very respectful of everything He said about katie. He took a lot of the blame He said they just weren't compatible in the first half of the interview Then it ends and they say, you know, we had breaking news after we did this. We called Blake up and we said, do you want a chance to speak to it? He took it, I think, to be like, this is what I'm going to say. He knew he was going to get bombarded, um, which he already had been. And Blake was confused as hell. Blake implied that Katie emotionally cheated on him. She was, he was saying that, you know what, like you were kind of having your cake and eating it too. You were so close with John. I didn't really question it. But looking back, it's like, were you getting something emotional from him and something physical from me? What were you guys? What was happening that I didn't see that you can now, less than a month after we end our engagement? Again, engagement, (laughs) you are dating. This guy from your season—it doesn't make any sense, you guys. And I gave Peter just as much crap, so it has nothing to do with not liking Katie or anything. It's—it's—it's it's, it's insane to me. And I think that again, if they wanted to date or ex- quote unquote explore this romantic connection, which is what her rep said to Page Six, that's fine. But maybe do it off the internet. Like, I make your coin, make your money, get do your sponsorship deals, use your millions of followers. Like, I'm not judging you for that. But like I said, you're opening yourself up to so much more criticism, this relationship to more criticism. You're kind of setting yourself up to fail. And you've been honest, Katie, in the last couple of months or weeks on Instagram that people you know, on social, I think you have a strong community there, but you also have critiques. It gets to you. You're crying with your cat because people were questioning the legitimacy of your relationship with Blake. And now you're giving them reasons to question that very same relationship. And it's just messy, you guys. It's messy. And I think you'll hear Hannah Brown when I talk about her book on Friday. There's a lot of stuff about in Hannah's book. People were saying, you know, it's is this the same thing? Is she just delivering mess and what is the point of this book? It's two-year-old tea, you know, whatever. And if you read Hannah's book, you'll see that it's delivered in a way that is very much, of course, there's tea, you guys. She just wants to sell books. But Hannah also is delivering information in a way that's written to girls about like, this is how I messed up. She very much takes ownership in her part of the Jed you know, picking Jed and why she probably shouldn't have even done that to begin with um, going back to Peter and how, how much she regrets that and how much shame she feels trying to navigate being this like sexual bachelorette when she was going into the season, not even with the with the intention of sleeping with anybody. Like there's a lot of layers. Hannah talks about so much of her childhood and some of the therapy and stuff she's worked through. Um, and she waited two years to kind of navigate it and put it in a book. Of course, there's going to be headlines and that's the risk you take of, of writing this book. But by doing this on Instagram it's just it's setting yourself up for for failure in my opinion and for people to judge and criticize you like i'm doing right now and to question the timeline and to have to be explaining yourself and it's not even giving this relationship with john a fair chance in my opinion and the fact that he posted that tiktok it's just cringe. And I don't, I'm, I'm not like not rooting for them. If they work out, that's great. That'll be like a lovely love story at the end of this. But the way they're going about it, I kind of just think is, is disrespectful and silly. And it's the holidays, like maybe lay low, spend another month getting to know each other and then do this. I just feel like it's silly. But to bring by, I brought up Hannah Brown was in the book. She writes a lot about how she was on TV and looked so happy on screen and everything like that. And everyone thought her life was perfect. But at the end of the day, she was alone in her apartment eating takeout on the couch, crying because, you know, your your normal life friends don't necessarily get what you're going through and they think you're all, you know, moved on and glamorous and whatever. And your Hollywood friends, like, can you trust them? And there's people who work on the show who at the end of the day, like, how much can you trust your bachelor producers or your dancing with the stars producers when they're bringing you back onto Peter season and all that and Katie moved to a new city. She's lonely. John is one of her allies. That's awesome. Like, and I think that she needs to lean into that offline. Off like, I think she's probably this is me, you know, drawing conclusions or making an assumption. Like, I don't know this as a fact, but I feel like Katie's lonely and in her apartment and leaning into social media and stuff and trying to take back the narrative and be messy and be funny and be silly. But in the end, it's going to cause her more stress because she's again opening herself up to more criticism and. You know you're gonna have to she's gonna end up in like this cycle hannah brown admitted that she was addicted to fame and like the response that her and tyler were getting from their tiktoks and that's why she kept posting and ended up drunk on instagram live saying the n-word like it's it's a cycle i think and i hope her and john work out because it would definitely make this easier i think for everyone involved to like feel like it was worth it for some degree um few more notes about Blake. You know, that podcast episode I think is worth listening to. If you care about his side, it's about an hour in is when they bring him back um, to talk about it. He, Like I said, implied she kind of emotionally cheated, makes him question things. He brings up Greg and he's like, now knowing what I know, like watching that episode nine and how upset she was about Greg, like, should that have been a bigger sign to me? He talks about, they ask him about flags, but again, he's pretty respectful of Katie. You know, he's like, I would have not done 12 days of messiness. I would have liked to be excluded from this narrative, but that was her way of coping. Like whatever. Um, and it is what it is and he's ready to move on and he doesn't want to be the bachelor He doesn't want to go on paradise. I think he really is over it He's unfollowed both katie and john his mom god bless her. Emily moines has been liking some shady instagram comments Also implying like how was there supposed to be trust if Blake was in africa and they were working a long distance and she was getting this emotional bond with john I don't know you guys but again if john and katie like good for you I hope you end up together because I think that that would be a lovely bow to all of this in the end, but I wish you waited to tell us cause now you're just opening up to this shit show. Anyway, a few notes about Michelle. We are somehow at hometowns you guys next week. I have no idea how that is quite possible. This season has gone so freaking fast. Um, but we, we had students on this episode. They had a little girl who didn't like Martin and boy was she right. She was the real star for me. The guy, the little boy, the kids pick Clayton for the one-on-one, which was interesting. Um, We obviously know he is our bachelor and we had our uh, Michelle and Clayton conversation, I guess, that was supposed to give us insight into more of who Clayton is. Um, Didn't really do it for me. Clayton seems like a lovely guy. He's a large dude who can't fit in a limo. He can have some fun and run around in a museum, but he also admitted he has a hard time opening up, which is not something I love in my lead. Um, I need them to want to be overly vulnerable, to be honest. Um, He literally admitted that in this episode. And when he did get a little vulnerable with Michelle, we learned he wants kids. He wants a family. He's ready for it. That's lovely. Um, Not enough to make him want to be my bachelor. I'm not saying he's going to be a bad lead. Maybe Clayton's going to surprise us. And there is stuff that the show saw um, that they're not showing. It's just a weird flex that like Mike Fleiss tweeted, like you're going to get to know Clayton and you're going to love him before ABC even confirmed it. And then this is what they show us. He seems great with kids. The kids liked him. He can build a fort. All great qualities in a guy, not enough to make him, you know, me be convinced he wants to be my, he's my bachelor. I'm not saying I'm not going to watch. I'm not saying he's not going to be great in the end. I'm just saying the fact that it was hyped up, um, partly our fault, I guess, waiting for it, but also Mike Fleiss, the creator of the show did hype it up himself in a sense deleted tweet about people are going to get to know him and love him. Um, the promo of this week was like, it's Clayton moment, like whatever. Michelle gets a little emotional being like, you're just not it for me, but you're a great guy. It just didn't sell me um again he seems like a perfectly nice human but it just it wasn't it wasn't quite enough for me um the notes at the end that they clearly also kept in that the kids quote unquote wrote yeah okay um that was obviously fake but um very sweet when he's like crying over the notes getting emotional he clearly wants kids he wants a family and that is a huge quality or not necessarily kids in a family but like a wife or wants to be married huge quality in a bachelor. I'll give them that. We do need someone who wants to settle down, especially based on the track record this week alone. But I just feel like there's a lot of people out there who want to, you know, settle down or find love. Um, I do believe that in Clayton. So that's good. Like I'm not, I, I believe that he's ready. Um, and I obviously Michelle was not his person, but I also think that we're seeing some pretty intense emotions develop between Michelle and at least Nate, um, Joe and Brandon, um, maybe not so much Rodney sorry in the final four. I like you, but I don't see more there, friends on there. So I feel like we might get an emotional end and it's going to be like, we're rooting for that guy. We want that guy to be the bachelor. So I would love to know when they exactly made this decision, how far into filming it was. And when they were editing this, if they like, were like, Oh, we did it guys. People are going to be freaking out. Like seeing Clayton with these kids. Like we're supposed to swoon and just be like, it's it. Like again, he's perfectly fine, but that's it. He's just fine. Like I, i don't get it but i'm looking forward i guess to seeing how they set this up um when he you know his season airs in january like what backstory are they going to give us how what's the press tour going to be like like what are they going to do with these promos how are they going to market clayton as like we what we missed about him or why he is the bachelor like what is so great about him we'll find out um and again, there's a chance he comes back based on that promo where he accuses Nate or someone, they talk about someone being an actor. They didn't air that. So where is that footage? If I get to talk to Michelle or anyone on this show again, I will be asking what that was about if they don't show it because that that was in every promo. And I hate when they do that. They can't tease us like that. They, one, one promo where they cut it fine, that happens on shows sometimes, Housewives even, you'll see something in a preview and then it never actually makes it to air. But this was like in every pre- preview, including the one for last week. By the way, last week was, this week was the 200th episode of The Bachelorette, and they like didn't really address that at all. I was expecting it to be a bigger deal. Anyway, we had a group date. Um, Joe was standing out to her because he can milk cows and churn butter. Um, I asked her about Joe ghosting her um, in my interview, which we'll hear in a second. Um, I'm trying to get over it myself, but I still stand by my analysis of. You know, I think maybe she's trying to not prove herself to Joe, but like she's so attracted to him, but it's always going to come back. But she kind of shut me down with that theory here. But Joe stands out to her on the group date. Rodney seems sweet. You know, they have a moment, they steal a kiss. Nate um, gets hurt. Someone told me he also had like a fat lip. I didn't notice that, but he hurt his back. She steals a kiss. She's clearly super into Nate. Um, they end up saying they're falling for each other on this date. He gets the group date rose. Olu looks pretty bored on the date, which um, is interesting that he ends up going home. I think people were shocked. But if you go back and watch that farm date, Olu is like, I don't need to be here. <laughs> like he looks pretty bored. Um, But he is the one who ends up telling her about Martin, which Martin, like just go home, Martin. Martin, Thank God you're leaving. I literally wrote F off Martin like a thousand times in my notes. He didn't even make sense. And he was being hypocritical. And he was telling the guys one thing, kind of, you know, shaming Michelle for past trauma or calling her Im- immature. And saying that she you know everything she said in her poem a few weeks ago like is a reason not to like her like it didn't even make sense what he was saying it was so freaking lame and he was trying to like turn her vulnerability on her and like shame her for it it was so ridiculous um and then when she confronted him about it he tried to pretend he didn't say it you know a little bit of like manipulation there. I don't like that. He was kind of lying to her face. I didn't say that. Then he tried to like justify him saying, which obviously she was upset because he saw her vulnerability as a flaw. Martin said he felt sad for Michelle and that, you know, that now Michelle's cutting him off and won't give him a shot. Um and he says a woman like that does not deserve my time. Like, no, Martin, you don't deserve Michelle's time. Like you're You're not emotionally available for her and you're, it's ridiculous that you tried to turn anything that she went through or opened up about onto her. This is her show, by the way, it's called the bachelorette. It's not called the Martin show. Um, And she can, you know, if you don't like what you heard, then you should have left then. Um, I think there were red flags, about Martin since his one-on-one date when he was defending Jamie. And I think Michelle should have sent him home way back when the high maintenance women comment. Um, Then all this stuff. I'm so glad he's gone. And I really hope we don't see him on paradise because I think he's, He's messy, um, in a not a fun way, and he's not necessarily the nicest or the best dude on the planet. Um, I know it's an edited television show, and I will say that I do think some of the conversation between Michelle and Martin, and even M- Martin and the guys, seemed a little choppy. But I also think that they, the overall tone, like what he was saying, criticizing her, um, was was like what his point was and for it's the irony of how him calling her immature or like not ready for love when like he was the one being immature by like not recognizing her opening up was like a sign of strength and how mature and vulnerable she is and ready to like be candid and how hard that is so just go away Martin Um, he did post on Instagram this ridiculous thing of him wearing a final rose material tank top hopefully they sent that to him and he didn't spend his own money on it because tough Um, but he wrote this whole thing, get to know me first. My name is Martin. You may have seen me on The Bachelorette, but only parts of me that made sense for the show. I'm not perfect, but neither are you. I have insecurities, but so do you. I made mistakes, but guess what? You have too. The ultimate meaning of life is growth. We can't grow without experiences and a positive or negative, yada, yada, yada. Martin, like, own it. He didn't even say sorry. He didn't say that he, you know, watching it back was like, I spoke over Michelle. I was criticizing her for her own life, like the the Instagram is lame. You can go read the whole thing, but um, he's basically blaming the edit. And I never like when they do that. The last one I won was with Brandon. Long story short, he's all in on Michelle. She likes him, but I think she likes Joe and Nate more. Um, her parents were there. It was kind of weird. Um, I didn't like the whole setup of like, oh, we're home alone without her parents. And then it turned into her parents showed up and it was just awkward. Her parents seem like lovely people, But her mom was a little, in my opinion, too enthusiastic when Brandon asked for permission very early to marry her. I know, I guess, in theory, it would happen next week. But this whole season just feels so rushed to me that that felt crazy that he brought up the marriage part already. Um, And the second he said he wanted three kids, which Michelle and Brandon admitted they had not even spoken about, Michelle's mom was all in. Like, she was like, oh, let's go to the chapel right now. Again, seems like a lovely lady and wants her daughter to be happy and trusts her daughter. And they ultimately said, like, whatever Michelle wants, which was the right answer but it just felt like they were a little too all in the same way. Brandon is really all in on Michelle, but I think Michelle just likes Nate and Joe more. That's just the vibe I get. We will see. So she sends home Olu and Rick because Clayton and Martin already got sent home. And our final four is Joe, Nate, Brandon and Rodney. Um, my prediction is Rodney will get sent home during hometowns, then Brandon, then Joe. when she picks Nate. That's my unspoiled. I swear opinion and prediction of what will happen. To get more on the ending, you can hear from Michelle herself. She gives us quite a cryptic little tease herself. Here is my interview with Michelle. I have to start by asking you, how has it been for you so far to rewatch the season? What's the biggest thing you learned? How are you feeling about everything so far?
0: Um, watching myself back on TV is just always going to be an odd experience. But ultimately, I feel like I've really reflected as... I didn't realize just how vulnerable I was. And I'm very, I don't know, I'm I'm happy that I was able to challenge myself and push myself to open up. And I don't typically, you know, with a sports pass, always show emotion or wasn't always one to shed tears in front of people. And so uh, this is a huge step from that and being able to, you know, show these men how I truly was feeling at times and talk about painful experiences as well as showing emotion for them when they're sharing their stories as well. And I think, you know, the viewers hopefully relate to that.
1: Is there anything that's gone down between the guys that you were surprised to learn watching, watching it back?
0: I feel like when you are the lead, like you eventually catch wind of everything that unfolds. Um, you know, just because the guys spent a lot of time together. And so if something kind of snowballs into something, you hear about it, or you have to squash it or talk about it. Um, And so nothing that has happened has been like incredibly surprising so far.
1: Okay. Um, 200 episodes of The Bachelorette, huge deal. What does it mean to you to get to be a part of the, the celebration of 200?
0: I mean, that is a huge mile marker, but to be able to have this 200th episode, um, be with this diverse cast of just wonderful men, wonderful love stories, so unique, so different, uh, is
1: pretty special. Nate has clearly stood out to you from the beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about your connection and why you guys have uh, connected so far on the show? When Nate
0: just stepped out of the limo, he was just very confident. But he didn't have that overconfidence where, you know, he was still nervous. I was nervous as well. And I just, you know, through the season, always enjoyed peeling back different layers and kind of at the moment in the season are really truly figuring out to just how many layers he has.
1: Can you tease to me a little bit about where that relationship is going to go? Because in the promos, it looks like you might be in some hot water with the guys. We had Chris S. trying to get involved before, and now I don't know what's going to happen next. What can you tell me?
0: I mean, you're going to have to definitely wait for Tuesday to figure out exactly how everything pans out, but um, there are a lot of things that do happen. There are a lot of tough conversations that have to be had, and there are going to be a lot of emotions involved with all of it.
1: Joe ghosting you was another big point early on pre-show. Does that come back or have we moved past that? Am I harping on that or is it something that will come up again?
0: I definitely feel that, I mean, ghosting, we can all define ghosting however it was, regardless, communication was where I really wanted to focus um, with that. But going into that first night, having that conversation, I knew that if I made the decision to keep Joe around, um, I was going to keep it without a grudge. And, you know, you keep it with a clean slate. And so I made that decision to keep him around and really used my time up until this point to continue to get to know him for Joe and not for how that conversation went years ago.
1: Was there any part of you when you guys were getting to know each other on the show that wished maybe you had pursued something before or found a way to...
0: Not necessarily. I'm a big person who feels that everything happens for a reason or you're going to eventually get to where you need to be. And so for me, I feel like it's counterproductive to spend energy on like, oh, well, I wish maybe we should have gone here or done this or met each other. It's like At the end of the day, I'm here and me focusing on potentially what could have been unfolded I have no idea all I know is now and so that's what I chose and still choose to focus on
1: Clayton is another one who gets a lot of attention online Um, I feel like viewers maybe think that they're missing something with him Um, can you tell me a little bit about or speak a little bit on that or tease to me any Clayton developments that we're going to see
0: I mean, with with this process, I think just so many of the men challenge themselves to open up, and Clayton was um, a guy who really challenges, truly challenges himself, and was just, is always in this constant state of reflection, Um, and he has a good head on his shoulders, and so I think the audience is going to see that. All
1: right, let's talk about what's still to come, the ending. What can you tease to me about how the rest of your journey will unfold are there going to be L-bombs dropped, more than one L-bomb?
0: <laughs> um, what I can say is that I was, had no idea I would be in the position that I was at the end of the season, um, something that I didn't necessarily expect, something that I didn't think was possible for me, um, and I'm excited for everybody kind of to see what that entails. Because I think a lot of assumptions are made you know, of either who I end up with or if I end up with anybody. And when it comes down to it, I came into this knowing that I was just going to stay true to who I was. And that means staying true to what you're feeling and talking about where you're at with your feelings.
1: You've kept your cool pretty pretty well with all the, any drama that's gone down during the season. Are we gonna see that as a continuation trend, or is there gonna be any moment of maybe like, I'm over this. I'm, I'm locking myself in the bathroom, Katie style.
0: Oh, um, I'm, <laughs> I would say for me, I'm going to show emotion. I'm gonna cry. I'm going to break down. There are moments where you want to get away. I mean, you are in this position where you're having, you're like, you're exhausted. You've given so much. If you're doing it right, you've, you've just put so much in this and it's everyone responds to that in different ways. And for me, really collecting myself, really staying disciplined in what I'm feeling, how I'm speaking, how I'm communicating so that it's, I'm doing it in a way that can be received is really important to me. And so As far as, like, losing my cool, you're going to see me hurt. You're going to see me be happy. You're going to see so many different emotions. Um, As far as stomping off and, you know, and saying something that's necessarily, you know, uncalled for, not really my style. So I can't promise that you're going to see that. But you will see emotion, and
1: you will see um, my genuine feelings. We obviously were talking about 200 episodes of the bachelorette that's a lot of source material for you to have watched if you so choose to or be a fan of was there anything that you've seen a past bachelorette do that you either wanted to kind of channel or maybe avoid oh
0: um i would just say that i mean even just watching rachel with how she conducted herself and how she handled different conversations and she was just so elegant and and how she navigated everything with all the pressure that was on her back. And so reminding myself to, when being in this position as a lead, that there are certain expectations that you may feel, but your job is to continue to stay true to who you are and set those expectations down. Because ultimately, those expectations are not going to help you find a person.
1: Have you spoken to Rachel at all during the season, as a the season there? Uh, Yes, I have, actually. I just spoke with her earlier today. Oh, did you give me any good advice?
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, she just kind of, she's just been supportive, you know, and is just always willing to give me, you know, support whenever I need it. And I know that she's there for me. I know that she has experienced and felt some of the same emotions that I'm going through as a lead. And, um, I really just appreciate that.
1: Has there, I loved in the beginning of the season, seeing some of your students and seeing you in, in the classroom and stuff. Have you heard from any of the parents or like the community of either we love watching you or, oh my God, it's our teacher, like anything like that? Um, everybody's just been really supportive, like
0: overwhelmingly supportive. And, you know, it's just such a unique and <laughs> situation, but ultimately when I'm in the classroom, my family is my students, my coworkers they all speak to me like I miss young. And I think that's the thing that I appreciate the most because during this really abnormal time, it's easy to just constantly think, talk, you know, surround everything bachelorette. And for me, what makes me super helpful or, just, or what, what makes me super happy or just fulfilled is doing my passion. And so they allow me to have that space to do that.
1: Is it safe to say whether you are with someone or not, or however it ends, that you're, I, you would want to be back in Minnesota, you want to be teaching, you want that um, part of your life to stay the same or no?
0: No, I'm a, I'm a person who typically just embraces opportunities as they come. And Minnesota is where a lot of my roots stem from, but I've also lived in other areas as well. And for me, like, I can't pinpoint whether or not I'm going to be in Minnesota, you know, next year or the year after that. I fully plan to finish out the school year, um, but I don't know what opportunities are going to come my way. And whether there's somebody involved in my life, whether there's not, you know, that's always would be a team decision. So I uh, can't say that, yes, I'm 100% staying in Minnesota the rest of my life. I can say that I'm open to all opportunities, I'll take them in, I'll make decisions as I go. And yeah, make sure that I'm just happy with the work I'm doing.
1: Caitlin and Taysha obviously have played a huge role, I think, in since they've taken over as the co-host of The Bachelor. What have they done for you and your position as a lead?
0: I think the biggest piece of advice was when um, Caitlin was talking to me about surrendering. And she used that word surrender and she talked about how that word typically is seen as a weakness. Whereas in this situation, surrendering meant like, it's okay to give up control and it's okay to let things fall where they need to fall. It's okay to not hold it all together. It's okay to be vulnerable and, you know, put yourself out there and just surrender to the process. And I felt like that was going to be one of my biggest challenges and I felt like I was able to do that. And so that piece is what I definitely kept at the forefront of my mind during this entire journey.
1: I think I got to wrap up here, but I did want to ask you about Martin and this female high maintenance comment. I feel like that got a lot of attention online too. Watching that back, was there anything you you either wanted to add to that or were any any comment on that whole situation?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Not necessarily anything that I would continue to speak on, just that, you know, social standards and things that we place on both genders. And for me, it's important that the person that I'm with is able to see that as, you know,
1: see me as a level playing field. Anything you're super looking forward to discussing at a mental all- situation with any of these guys that have gone home so far?
0: Not necessarily a specific situation just really checking back in and seeing um, some of these people that I really did connect with again.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Michelle. I'm so excited to see the rest of the season and congratulations ABC on 200 episodes of The Bachelorette. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Here for the Right Reasons. Don't forget to leave us five stars and come back every Tuesday and Friday for more Bachelor breakdowns, interviews, and all things Bachelor Nation.